Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to The Auburn Express. Powered by The Wall Report. All aboard the AM departure from Platform 334, The Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. What's up, War Report family? We are back with another great edition of the Auburn Express podcast powered by the War Report. It's Thursday, and I got Brandy Mack, Auburn memes with me. Guys, let's jump straight in here. Janai Broom has officially announced that he is returning to Auburn for the 2023-2024 season. Bruce Pearl put out the classic Pablo Escobarner, we back up meme exciting times at Auburn I want to start with a simple question how big is this for Auburn like they were screwed if he didn't return right like this would have been bad no Janai next year would have been bad this is huge isn't it yeah I think this is massive especially if you were to go look at the available people that could have replaced him in the portal there's definitely a lack of very good front court players like himself so yeah this is big Mm, memes jump in here man literally (laughs) yeah like how big is this for the big man Janai Broom to be returning to Auburn for for another season yeah I mean I'm gonna say it's about like maybe six feet ten inches big (laughs) because uh yeah I mean not only uh let's be real let's be real let's let's take a trip down memory lane here uh Tuscaloosa Auburn Alabama game in Tuscaloosa we talked the foul issues, Broom being one of those uh, one of those victims because it was not fair foul calling. But when you were down, all these big men, Broom included, Cardwell rolled ankle, uh, Jalen Williams is out, and everybody else. I mean, you're playing what? What they have like Leor playing the the four or the five? I mean, it was just like we were so thin with a little bit of foul trouble and an ankle injury. That's how that end of the game looked. And that that just really showed, one, how vulnerable and how important that position is and how much the game dynamic changed when Broom is not there. And I think that game specifically, especially the end, really, really, really goes to show that. Now, him being back is a massive, massive deal for this team because you had Dylan. I mean, even Stretch, who was more so your your big your big man on the scout team, which I presume they're just going to hopefully probably get a walk on or something that can kind of uh, 
replace that scout team uh, role that Stretch did play. But like, there was not even a like after Dylan, there wasn't even a, a guy that you could pull out there. Like I said, minus a walk on. So it was a uh, it, that's that that was a really big deal. And as, as was kind of mentioned, like I don't know, don't know what the short list was looking like as far as who they were going to get if this deal did not work out with Broom. But hey, you know what? We don't have to think about that now. He's announced he's back. And as Bruce said, we back up. Oh, listen, Brandy, let's talk about Broom and the end of last season. He started to develop a little bit of a three-point shot last year. Um, And kind of like what we saw from Walker Kessler the year before, where it was like, I'm going to take this shot after your big man hits a couple of them, and he starts drawing the other big man out of the paint to guard him on the perimeter. It changes the dynamic that you can play when you can stretch the floor in a sense with your big man hitting threes coming back. We did. We just never got to see the evolution of that with Walker Kessler because he left, but Broom is coming back, man. Like how dangerous is this Auburn team? If Broom can knock down two or three threes per game. Yeah, I would say pretty dangerous, but I think the difference that we'll see in this Auburn team compared to last year's, especially kind of when it comes to that is I don't think Broom's going to actually need to knock down or even take a lot of those shots because of some of the, these other guys that Bruce has landed from the portal and our freshman that's coming in. He's just going to have an all-around better shooting team and the floor is just going to have a much better spacing. So I think his three-point shot definitely is going to develop a lot better this season than it was last year. And that's going to help his draft stock a little bit. But I honestly don't think it's even, I don't even think it needs to necessarily improve all of that much because we have so many more shooters that are going to be on the floor compared to last season. So that's going to benefit him, especially um, just driving to the basket and getting more um, points in the paint with basically having guys that can actually get him where he needs to be on the floor at a compared to last year. Well, shooting has been the biggest criticism of the recruiting process for Bruce Pearl over the last few years. Right, The inability to get shooters since essentially that 2019 season where you had you know, uh, Bryce Brown and you had uh, Jared Harper and you had those guys who could go, Achuma Okiki even from the outside was crazy good. Um, you know, you had a good three-point shooting team. As a matter of fact, that team was passing up wide open layups to shoot threes. <laughs> They were so good at it. Um, but you've, you, you've gone downhill. It's been on a decline. Shooting has been on a decline. And this is the year that a lot of fans, you know, and alumni alike are hoping that they can turn that around. Uh, you know, how do the guys that they're bringing in, you know, go a little deeper into it about how they complement Broom's game and how we should see more production from Broom because you're bringing in shooters? Yeah, so... Just to kind of talk about the shooting aspect of what we're bringing in. So at the one, we're most likely going to start Aiden and obviously a five-star All-American coming in. At the two, we're going to have somebody coming in who averaged 20 points per game and 37% from three. At the three, we have somebody coming in who averaged 15 points per game and 46% from three. At the four, we're going to have um, somebody returning that has 11 points per game and 35% from the three. That's Jalen. And then this is Broom, um, 14 points per game and 29% from three, which 29% from three for a center is not bad necessarily. Um, so just from a statistical standpoint, um, that's pretty freaking good for a starting five. Um, and when it comes to the spacing aspect of it, we really saw Wendell Green last year kind of control the game. And at times he would just take over. Um, or we kind of saw something similar from Katie as well. And I think that had a lot to do with not really having 
a strong two on the floor at all. So this year we'll have a strong one, a strong two, and a strong three. So we're going to have a much newer, kind of fresher front court, um, back court, sorry, um, which should allow our front court that's more experienced, like Jalen and Janai, to really take over the game and be able to provide support to that backcourt, which we definitely did not have last year. So that backcourt struggled so much last year and really in so many games, you saw the pressure of a game being relied on those guys on the front court. And I don't think you're going to see that this year. They're not going to have as much pressure, which is going to allow them to play their game a lot more freely out on the floor. Let me, let me just tell you, like as someone who's dyslexic, like front court, back court, stage left, stage right. Like that is that is like <laughs> oh my God. ultimate like brain processing hell, like B's and D's, like just rough time with that. Pause. So I, I feel you. I feel you there. Um, bees, I know. Bees. I was getting. <laughs> come on, come on, man. You're killing me, bro. <laughs> bro I, look, man, I got like they, my teacher sent notes home to my mom in fourth grade. Like you know, he's getting his B's and his, his B's and his D's mixed up. Like, man, you know, you had to, you know, I had to go. School's tough growing up, man. You know, people look. You don't make fun of a handicap guy. We can cancel cancel your ass. Like this is it's like a real problem we got here. For all my dyslexic brothers and sisters out there listening, hey, you got representation on the stage right here. Got y'all's back, or maybe mm-hmm. you're from. I don't know. They're dyslexic. Oh I can make this. I can make. I was medically diagnosed. Y'all back off now. Uh, jump into and that. I guess let me preface that to the PSA. If I ever say something like really stupid on the show. It's, it's the dyslexic talking there, covering my bases. All right. Now, jump into the – can I, can, I, can I jump on this real quick? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay, cool, because I'm, I'm ready to cook. I think Brandy had the stove cooking because everything she said, 100% on point. And um, that back quarter, front port, whatever you want to call it, depending upon um, you know if you are dyslexic or not, your perimeter game is going to be so much more improved now. It, if it's not, I don't – it's, it, it will be. I don't, I don't think there's any way with what they're bringing in that it can't be improved or just the sky's falling or everybody get hurt. And even, too, don't forget how hot Trey was shooting from three in Birmingham for the March Madness. So there is, there is going to be a void of shooting or a, a filled void of shooting that we have not seen in a little while. We got a little taste of it with Jabari, but I mean, even before that, like, it's been a little while since we've really just felt like, okay, this perimeter shooting from deep is going to be hot. And that is going to completely open up how other teams have to guard Auburn. It became very, very obvious last season where the weaknesses were and where the defensive exploits needed to be. And it was pretty obvious that if you just played physical ball down low, you could give up some of those deep shots to Auburn, contest them a little bit, but they weren't going to make them. And that's what we were starting to see more and more that happened to where, I mean, I think you just, Houston was a perfect example. Now, the problem in some of these other games was how physical it had to get down low on both sides of the ball. You were seeing Broom start catching a lot more fouls because defensively, they were kind of playing how they did last year with the Walker Kessler style where it was all going down to Broom. So, looking a little bit on the other side of the ball here. Hopefully these other guys can come in who are touted very highly on the offensive side. They can keep it going defensively as well. Jalen was an absolute machine defensively, probably the most physical defender, and he drew a lot of fouls. Now, Bruce even said it after that Alabama game in Tuscaloosa, very odd that it seems that almost every game, and 
can go look back, and this is very much the case, that Broom always seemed to be in foul trouble compared to some of the big men. But maybe he was in foul trouble a little bit more disproportionately than some of the other guys for how much he was scoring, how many minutes he was playing. So was it a little bit of bias against Broom? Was it a little bit of bias 100%. against Bruce? I mean, there, there's something to be said there. So I think what you're going to have to see to really complete this puzzle, because a lot of people look at the offensive side, that's absolutely it. If there's more perimeter, more perimeter game, people aren't going to be as tight on Broom on the offensive side of the ball. We should allow him to cook and really flourish from that standpoint. But on the defensive side of the ball, these guys are going to have to open that up as well. Because here's going to be the problem: you're not going to be able to play. You're not going to be able to play Janai Broom if he's got three or four fouls right at halftime. So that's going to be a uh, that that's going to be something that they're going to have to work out as well and finding different ways to get him in positions to where foul trouble is going to be a very, very rare occurrence, unlike last season where it was just a non-stop occurrence. And then on the flip side of the ball, let's bring up the Houston game. This is going to be kind of a pain, painful subject for everybody here. Painful subject for me, but let's be real. He got somehow, some way, he was drawing fouls like a machine against that Houston, against Houston in that game, but the free throws to follow were not dropping. So hopefully that is something that has been worked on in the offseason too, is that he's got to seize the moment when he does hit that line. Because, mm. I mean, that was the make-or-break difference in that game. Had he made 90%, 80%, 70%, whatever that is, where that puts Auburn in scoring margin for Houston and what that does like mentally for both teams could have completely changed that game. But what ended up happening there is I... I have a hard time believing that they weren't just like foul him. Just go ahead and take the foul. We got a much better chance of him missing the free throw yeah. than if you don't take the foul and he actually gets up in the air, gets a dunk or an easy layup. Brandy I mean, wants it, to jump in here on, on this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah. all I got. Yeah, yeah, go. Well, one of the things you said, just things that he can hopefully work on in the offseason. So just to give kind of the listeners an idea of how he performed at the G League elite camp, which is why there was so much speculation of whether he would or wouldn't return. In two games, he had 40 points and he was 16 for 25 on shooting. And when interviewed by kind of local reporters around Auburn about his experience at the G League camp, he essentially said that it was amazing. He can play with those guys day in and day out. And I didn't think that I could do that. I can prove myself and it added more confidence in my game. So I think that's kind of really interesting. One, he had a just phenomenal shooting, and that's without any of his defensive numbers in there as well. Um, but two, like his confidence. Who who knew that that's something he would need to work on? But when you think about it, he did start off last season with an injury. And for the most part, he kind of had to put this team on his back in so many conference games. And he was a transfer. So this is his first season in the SEC and all the pressure was basically on him or at times it was on Wendell. At the end of the day, that, that really was what this team was this past year where it, all the offense flew through both of those guys. Um, so it kind of does make sense that he maybe lacks some confidence at times given kind of our underperformance in conference play compared to where we were at the year before. So I think it's really great his experience that he went through at the G League camp. He also worked out with a couple of different NBA teams too. And whenever those workouts happen, the coaches there usually say, Hey, this is, this. I see this. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's fired up. 
<laughs> go. Whenever those, whenever those workouts no, let, happen. Let them, let them cook. Let them cook. <laughs> whenever if the dog wants to bark, let them bark. Um, whenever those workouts happen, there are assistant coaches there and just guys that have been around the league for a long time that want to see young guys be developed. And they tell them, hey, this is what I'm seeing and this is what you need to work on. He got that advice all the way from workouts that were preparing him for the G League Elite Camp throughout the G League Elite Camp. He got a combine invite, so he got that advice throughout the combine, and then he worked out with teams as well. So he probably got advice from a multitude of different people that are really experienced in the industry. And at the end of the day, that's kind of something that's really great about these guys going and declaring for the league, but maintaining their eligibility is opening themselves up to that. And I think we're going to see Janai really, really benefit from this experience once the season starts. Uh, yeah. Well, okay. Let's, so let's be honest, right? Uh, all three of us got on this podcast a few weeks ago, and we were like, he's not on anybody's draft boards. There's no way he's going pro. <laughs> and, then, and then uh, he went to the G League games and cooked up a storm so much that he got invited to the combine. So ultimately, I still think Returning to school was the is the best decision for him, but mm-hmm. he did get it. I, but he one hundred percent benefited from going through the process the way he did, showing scouts what he can do against some of the best talent that will be entering you know the draft or going to the G League, and then coming back next year and saying first rounder. If I wasn't right. I wasn't on your boards going into this one, but I will be on your boards going into the next one. Auburn benefits from that. Because he comes back another year, but having another first rounder raises, continues to raise the profile of Bruce Pearl's program and allows him to go out and get the next guy, uh, whether it be in the portal or from high school. So this is exciting to watch, I think, uh, with Aiden Holloway coming in. I'm really excited about this kid. Like, if you didn't get a chance to see him in the McDonald's All-American game and some of the games that he's that he's played, uh, just a great kid against the best talent. I, I want to say he was playing with uh, Bronny. Was he not? Or was he playing with or against Bronny in, in that game? Uh, against Bronny. Against yeah. Bronny, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, just looked like a star. So they're bringing in a star. You know, a lot of people were uh, disappointed that we didn't get the Phylon kid. But at the end of the day... 2024 class anyways, so there's a right. chance that he could recommit anyways. Um, right. Not, uh, yeah, not a problem there. I honestly don't think Aiden is going to be one and done simply because of his height. So. Okay. Um, I mean, he's going to be amazing. I just think that he has a little bit more actual like growing up to do from a, a height standpoint, possibly for, sure. um, for just for like league point guards. But no, you're absolutely right, though, about Janai not being on any draft boards and all of us kind of feeling a, a little comfortable with him going into the G League elite camp. And once he started going off, it kind of got a it little was, worrisome ooh, there for a little yeah. bit. But <laughs> yeah, at so the end of the day, though, like you said, though, I think he did make the right decision because something about next year's draft, too, is the competition is definitely a lot less when it comes to the G League competition um, that's coming in because obviously G League guys can get drafted like this year. The number one overall pick will be number one and maybe number two will be G League guys. Um so the draft next year actually has a little bit less talent than the draft this year um, from just like a top-heavy standpoint. The draft this year is really, really, really top-heavy. So I think that's actually going to benefit Janai too in that they're, yeah, I think he's just going to be able to shoot up on draft boards because of that and because of just his improvement and what happened this past. Yeah. Now the G League, if he had gone to the G League, I was 
like we gotta we gotta admit here we gotta we gotta pause we gotta acknowledge like this might be Auburn's first victory after just many 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 just gut wrenching defeats to the G League. I mean, when you got when you got you know Jalen Green and Scoot coming out on the podcast, but yeah, we'd go to Auburn if we went to court. Like, oh you know, man, that that so sort of bad. stuff, you know, that just rips my soul out every time I hear it. It's just like how much talent has Auburn lost to the G League? And it was like if it was just one more time. Like there might have been a little mini might there was going to be a little mini revolt might have had that one kind of planned up and you know if they do it again we might still have to do it the G League's got to be stopped I mean it is there's something we got to do it's disproportionately hurting Auburn because like Auburn's basically just like a you know Auburn's about a G League program themselves let's be honest like it's a you know I think Auburn is closer to the NBA than they are oh, most this other is a, this is a most whole other take if I ever heard college <laughs> you know most of the teams in college but I'm just saying you know the real the real ones know that but I want to I want to talk about that a little bit because we need to think about this I go all right we're gonna go do a little QAnon with the big capital AU put your tinfoil hats on everybody loves it when I get on this how much of this was a play and I'm not knocking it I'm I'm applauding it but how much of this do we think was a play to get a little bit more NIL money uh listen I would it would be foolish I think it, for any of these kids who have a chance to go pro in our borderline, not to leverage that at least to some degree. That's part of the game now. Is, oh, I could go pro or I could come back. But, you know, how much of that extra bag are you going to drop to keep me here? This is why your collectives have to exist, right? Because re-recruiting a certain percentage of your roster in the NIL era is a reality for most coaches. Now, they already had to do it before, but usually only with the kids who had a realistic chance to go pro. Right. Now, but, how much, but how much do we think with the success and the, I guess, a lot of the attention that Broom specifically got in these workouts, do we think it was more like... He got a bag, maybe, man. I mean, yeah, he they're, got they're, a bag. But and he got a bag. But he but, worked his ass I, off to get that bag. Though. Right, right. Like, yeah. but at, it wasn't just point, like leveraging that. Like, but at what point do you think they're ringing a bell and on to victory? Like, hey, he's he's killing it. We need to, you know, we need to renegotiate some of these con- these well, uh, well, this contract well, terms. Well, here's what stocks here's what, going up. Here's what I think happens. Right. Um, whether the conference happened, the conversation is happening directly or indirectly. The, the guys at the collectives know what players the coaches want to keep and what players they want to go after. And, I mean, God, as soon as Peyton Thorne popped up on campus, he had a brand-new truck from, you know, what's-his-face Chevy Yeah, the trail, the Trailhawk, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. I Auburn, think Dark Quest had a deal Chevrolet too. got him hooked up. Uh, right, yeah. And so all I'm saying is, is that these companies and these collectives are tapped in and they know. They know what players are important whether it's players on the current roster that you're trying to re-recruit to, to stay another year, or it's players um, that you're trying to get out of high school, and they're going to make sure that the bag goes wherever the coach thinks it's most important to keep or get those players. So it 100% happened. Like, And I, I tell you, I'll, I think it happened to the extent, not to dig too far into the conspiracy, I think it happened to the extent that a lot like it was a real thought in their head. Like, if we don't drop this bag, he's gone. Especially after the evaluation he got 
from the G League play and getting invited to the combine. Come on, man. He was tearing it up. I mean, he was making headlines. You would be dumb if you were Broom not to leverage that to some extent to say, hey, you know, listen, I just I just went to this G League game and raised my market value. X percentage. So, guess, so you need to raise that bag X percentage. So spinning this in to obviously with basketball, it's really easy because you can go work out with the pros. How much of this do you think is going to happen with football? Of like, is it going to be potentially more common to see juniors maybe stay that senior year? Rather, I think like the easiest example would have been like a Darvin Adams, like a guy who was really, really good, but That's also went question. undrafted. Yeah, in the NIL era, Darvin Adams returns for another year. And, and maybe That's even a, and maybe bring it a little bit closer to home, like a Seth Williams, someone, what Seth went, fifth round, I believe. I, I, again, it's in the NIL era, Trey Mason plays another season at Auburn. That's good. Uh, yeah, that's a good one too. Like, obviously, if that. it's a top, if it's a top three rounder, go get your bag. But if it's somebody that's fourth or below, and they're he was, a junior, he, he was a third round pick. But I, I thought he could have benefited from another year in college. He would have been back playing with Nick Marshall another year. Like, it yeah. wasn't as if he was coming back to a team that team was ranked top five at some point during that season. Offense was not a offense was not a problem for that 2014 team. Yeah, I mean they were not as polished as the 2013 team offensively, but Trey Mason would have had a monster season if he had come back another season, and NIL would have made that possible. It would have made it a realistic um, option for him. So mm-hmm. you know, I do think that it plays in quite a bit. You know, when you talk about these guys who are borderline. Now there's the incentive to come back to school. You know, what's so funny was after the, you know, this is outside of football, but after the run that LSU basketball, women's basketball made last year, you know, Angel Reese is probably one of the highest profile college athletes in the country right now. After that run. And you know what she did is they asked her, they said, you know, are you thinking about the pros next year. And she was like, why would I think about, I'm making so much money now. She's making like four times the average WNBA player right now in college based on, you know, raising her own market value. This girl was tweeting at the first lady of the United States. And it got a lot of attention and brands are running to partner with her. SI swimsuit issues. Man, come on, dude. Tell me a student athlete. Name five student athletes that are doing that on this level right now currently in college. And she's doing it in women's basketball. She's had no incentive to even think about going pro right now. So if it's borderline, come back to school. If you're if you're in her category, and that's all I'm saying is, is that this is definitely a reason you get to get another year out of Janai Broom because these players are making these decisions not only for themselves, but sometimes for their families as well, too. Right. And, yeah, and, with, and if I can help my family and, and stay in school and finish my education, why would I not? Why would I take all, all the pressure of being a pro where I can stay in school, be a student, make up, make a million dollars? Yeah. Help and my with family. Bro- and with Broom coming back and, the, you know, fingers crossed, no injuries. You got a hard, really, really, he's like a pretty hard convincing to, to think that this team is not going to take a massive leap forward because. You look at what you lost, and then you look at what you brought in. I, I feel like you. I, I feel like there's de- most definitely a net, a net, a net gain. All things considered, there. Absolutely, absolutely. Listen, it, it's got to be the conversation around NIL and athletes like Janai Broom returning uh, is one that I know that we're going to continue. Uh, you know, as the summer goes on and as football season gets a little bit closer, but ultimately, it, it has opened up the door for a lot of athletes 
you know, especially at Olympic sports, at the Olympic sports, basketball is an Olympic sport to stay in school as opposed to going pro. Because if you think about it, like sports like tennis, gymnastics, where if you're really good, you just go pro. If you are a top two percent, 5% athlete at those, in an Olympic sport, you go pro as early as possible. You know, we talked, I talked to the women's tennis coach um, at Auburn on the On to Victory podcast, and it was something that we talked about. She's coaching in a sport where the best athletes go pro at like 16. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. The tennis, tennis players don't waste any time in college, man. They just go and start competing at the highest level against the best athletes in the world at their and sport. I mean, and golf's another one, too, that you can go and compete and tour very young and mm-hmm. be. I guess let's be honest. I mean, golf has probably the longest shelf life of any professional sport. So you can be over there 19 years old playing against somebody in their late 40s and kind of still be neck and neck with it. 50s and 60s. (laughs) 50s and 60s, to be clear. Right? So, I mean, to me, it it is an important conversation that we'll continue to have. Uh, And we're going to continue to have it next week on the Auburn Express Powered by the War Report. Guys, and I were... Broom is returning to Auburn basketball for another season. And we're going to continue to cover that as amongst other things uh, as the summer develops. But I want to thank my guests, Brandy Mack and Auburn Means for joining me again for another Thursday podcast. We'll be back at you guys next week. We're signing off as always. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.